Hello, Caroline. Hey, James. Good to see you. Yeah, weekly occurrence. It is a weekly occurrence now. Um, so this one's going to be interesting. Although I say that with a little bit of tongue in cheek, don't I? Because when James was like, I think we need to talk about the budget and the economy. I was like, oh, boy. Do we have to? <laughs> <laughs> but it is important it us. is important and it does affect us all as properties and it's one of the things that is massively outside our control that as it, and there are plenty of things like that in property but we just have to react and adapt to those changes as and when they come there are certain things that are massively inside your control the budget is definitely one of the things that is outside your control yeah. um so we are recording this on the 14th of march which is the day before the budget is announced however we've kind of got a good idea as about what's coming. So if there is any major shocks, this is you, you, everyone, all of our listeners can have a bit of a laugh at us and tell us how we got it very wrong. <laughs> yeah. We're not actually talking about the most obvious thing that was announced by Jeremy. Yeah. Um, there we are. Okay. So what do you think? Well, Mystic Meg, what do you think Jeremy's going to say? She's gone now, isn't she? Yeah. Um, <laughs> what, what's, uh, what's he gonna, what's he gonna say that is of interest of us for us to talk about tonight? So first of all, there's going to be, uh, continued support for energy bills, which affects, um, you know, all of our tenants that's going to help let them have more money in our pockets. Also, if you're a HMO investor, um, yeah. it means that you're going to be getting an extended period of discount on your bills as well. So that's good for cash flow. That's, that's he. They always give with one hand and take with the other, don't they? Of course. So they're always like, oh, here's a lovely, lovely <laughs> sweetie over here. And then we're just going to cover it in salt. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's a, a big bonus for, for us, for, I said, for, for all the HMOs and things like that. And that will then extend, I guess, past sort of when things are starting. To, it's getting a bit warmer and bill usage then drops a bit because people aren't needing to use the electricity as much, not using the gas to heat the house. So that kind of really tides us over HMO-wise, certainly until next winter, which is a good thing. Yeah. From being any big yucky bills. Um, yeah. They're also giving to us... Have you noticed a huge, just on a personal note, have you noticed a massive difference in your... Um. They've not gone up hugely. We did have one the other day that, uh, uh, <laughs> so this is, this is like a, this is a six bed HMO and uh-huh. it's, uh, we were on a commercial cause it was a commercial to raising conversion. We were on a commercial tariff, the tariff ended and our average. So it normally costs us about 200, 250 pound a month. The bill came in last month of 1,700 pounds. Great tariff. Yeah, that's that's jumped up a little bit. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> that was a bit of a surprise. And with the because it was on a commercial tariff, we didn't get any relief either. So there was no like none of the sixty pound back thing each and every month. Um, so that's been swiftly taken away from that kind of tariff, and we've put it back onto to a, a resi tariff, which is coming in cheaper at the moment. Mm. I think commercial. Um, so, but we've noticed so that they've kind of said we were on average paying, uh, said about 200, 250 pounds. They've said you're going to be paying close to 510 pounds a month now. So there is obviously an increase in, if you're coming off yeah. your fixed tariffs and, you yeah. know, learn from my, learn from my mistake, keep track of when you're coming off your fixed tariffs. Um, yes. and yeah, chat to your energy suppliers. Don't kind of just presume everything's all hunky dory because those lovely low cost fixed tariffs bend at some point in time. Well, the lesson there, James, is actually you need a virtual assistant to be tracking all your admin because clearly yeah. you took the ball there, didn't you? It's Not just one of the things you don't ever 
consider no. you're like you know more mortgage making sure that gets paid making sure the direct debit set up to get the to get the bill paid but yeah, yeah. when the actual tariff ends i'm like hey, i don't know no um, we're so good at making deals and making it happen and then after that you just lose interest don't you yeah, yeah. okay so energy um there is going to be a um additional income or, or the government are going to be putting money in to help people reduce the cost of childcare to encourage mm. people to go back to work after having kids because there's been a lot of talk about this recently as well and the cost of childcare almost outweighs um the, kind of the average salary so a lot of people are kind of going why should i be going back to work in order yep. to pay someone else to look after my kid and have no money left at the end of the day and all my time's gone for yeah. to my boss and that kind of thing so, so that's really a good thing I think. yeah it's a really valid argument so that's that, that's a positive it's there is a positive that's go and work and that's going to help the labor force as well because one of the big things that we've seen since covid and, and brexit is there's been a massive reduction in the amount of people available to work so that's kind of why we're seeing pubs shutting so early we're seeing you know businesses struggling to find the staff we had a lady on one of our events who worked was you know owns a, owns and runs a coffee shop and wants to set up a string of coffee shops and was like I, i've got one but i can do that because i'm hands-on i can't get the staff anywhere else yeah, yeah this so, is massive mm. but that really is rather than covid brexit right brexit yeah but also you know why would somebody go and 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 being a barista is probably not the highest paid role so if you've got yeah. a young kid you're probably thinking well what's the point in me going to make coffee for someone else well i pay someone all that salary to look after my my baby so yeah. it's it you know that could massively help the the economy move on the reduced labor so that'd be an interesting um thing to see and, and and the what actually happens there and how much cheaper is it is it worth it because obviously if you're if you're a high high rate taxpayer it's probably worth paying for childcare. Um, because you're there's a lot more income coming in, but if you're only a, a basic rate taxpayer, it might not really be worth you while doing it. Yeah. yeah. So reduced costs, potentially a good thing. Um, there will be so that is said they give they are going to be taking away. So there is um, they've flip flopped around with corporation tax quite a lot yeah. in the Liz Trust that Liz Trust era. You know, did it even what, exist? What, what? <laughs> era was that like i literally blinked and it was over right <laughs> yeah so we had like the mini budget um so they were gonna up it from 19 to 25 oh no rishi back back when he was chancellor said they were he gonna up it from 19 to 25 then quasi kwarteng was like nope we're putting it back down to 19 and yep. it's now highly believed that uh it's going to be going up to 25 um percent again so not ideal it just means you're going to need to be you know reinvesting a lot of your of, of your company income and, and things like that so you don't want to be sat there on excess profits in your yeah. limited company just get get them working again so Into with all these things loan. everything's yeah, yeah it's, it's workable you know you can be drawing that down and dip if you love to travel like me and you understand the power in escaping the money for time exchange trap but you just don't know how to do it then building an airbnb consultancy business could be exactly what you have been looking for Right now in the UK, there is a completely untapped opportunity through helping struggling Airbnb hosts by turning around their underperforming properties and generating you huge commission payments in the process. 
we are going to teach you all of the tools and all of the techniques that we've learned over the last five years through building our very own multiple six-figure Airbnb business, arming you with everything that you need to swoop in and save the day. Minimal startup costs, zero risk, and almost unlimited potential. Sound good? Welcome to the Airbnb Consultant. Contact us through any of the channels included in the studio notes to get the conversation started. You can be you can be moving around, you can be, you know, reinvesting, moving into another company, getting it working, but it's basically a good it's a good time to not be sitting on your laurels doing nothing, thinking, oh well, my company's really profitable now. Yeah. But I mean it's it's probably worth saying that how many budgets have we lived through where they said we're gonna do X mm. and it's <laughs> gonna come in in like three years' time, and by that time we're about six other chancellors down the road. Yeah, exactly. Time. So it's like, okay, you can say that you're gonna do that, but until it's actually in place this moment in place. I'm not going to worry about that too much, or I'm going to leave it to my accountant to worry about. Yeah, because it will probably, you know, it, they won't be able to do anything for the, I, I presume not, the, the tax year that's ending very soon. It'll probably be the tax year after that. And yeah. and who knows where we'll be by then. You know, we're probably wading towards a new government by then anyway. Exactly. And then that is going to stir up all manner of other um, changes. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny how human beings hate change, but that's all we're constantly dealing with. with and we opt for change a lot of the time as well, because we kind of go, this isn't working. We don't like it. We want something new and different. This is where I look at countries like Singapore. And I just think, wow, politically, they just, I know we're not talking politics right now, but it is intrinsically linked, of course, to the economy and the budget. But Singapore have had the same government in place for decades and decades, and they could set out a plan that they are going to create an infrastructure that brings businesses to their little, small, tiny, independent country that didn't even have its own water supply in like 40 years down the line. And that will happen because no one's going to come in and say, that's a crappy idea. We don't want to do that. And it's a democracy. So the, the same the, <laughs> the same government have been in charge and been voted in continuously for all that time. Yeah. Because everyone trusts, trusts that they've they've got control. I, I love I I always love going to Singapore, but they have a huge big building that has um, a development plan that shows you how Singapore is actually going to look in ten years time, and it's actually happening. And guess what? When they say they're going to build a road or build a building, it happens really quickly and efficiently. Unlike here in the UK, that when there's a pothole, that takes like five years for anyone to even take notice of that. <laughs> Did you but see the like, guy who was drawing penises around the potholes in order to get them fixed by the council? He was like, this seems to be the, the best way to get them fixed. <laughs> oh, I mean, seriously. The, I mean, we could or the, spend... Or the Rod Stewart school of thought, just do it yourself. <laughs> but there's somebody going around putting little plants in potholes to yeah. encourage people to drive around the potholes. <laughs> I mean, this country is a mess. There's no. We're creative. We're creative in our solutions. <laughs> we do have to just laugh at ourselves. Otherwise, mm. I mean, what's the alternative? So, um, okay, but back on track. Forget Singapore. We're not living there. No. <laughs> they've got so it right because they've actually got really low, low corporation tax mm. to encourage businesses to their country to then increase. The population that are employed and stimulate growth and this and the other but this country have got it so wrong the more they put up corporation tax people are just going to go sob this i'm off to singapore yeah well i'll pay 10 percent. Or or I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll do something different or i'll yeah, yeah. it's so short-sighted oh anyway cap 
keep keep calm carry on let's go <laughs> so the big the big news is obviously regarding pensions and ages mm -hmm. and uh, allowances so the pension age is going to be increasing which yeah. is kind of no real surprise with all the helicopter money that came in during the pandemic and you know we're not going to be able to afford for people to be on pensions for as long as they were and you know that needing a way to kind of earn back extra what you know if you're if you're a 65 68 year old who's worked right to the top of your career there's going to be potentially three more years of good prime earnings there for the government to be able to tax before you retire mm -hmm. and it means there's three years of less of state pension they've had to pay you on top of that as well so it's kind of like a a double win for them in in raising the pension age so you reckon the pension age will go to eight? They're they're talking about sixty-eight. I mean, mm. wow. Mm. I mean, it's not it's not a pretty thing to think about having to work until you're sixty-eight. It's interesting because obviously the old school mentality is, you know, work in your career, pay your mortgage off, mm. get a little, little nest egg, and then when you retire, you can go traveling and enjoy your holidays and all that kind of stuff. And I know we're an aging population and medicine's doing great things to keep us alive for longer, but pff, you don't want to live longer to no. then work for longer, right? Maybe, maybe we need to set up like a cruise a cruise liner, Caroline, because that's going to be the easiest way for people to get around and travel in their old age. Maybe we need to know what Richard Branson's done and set up a, set up a cruise cruise line company and provide cruises for, for the old, old for the for retirees. Well, they're going to have lots of money, allegedly. Yeah. Although I don't believe that for a second. I mean, let's face it. We see people living their lives uh, in home base, B&Q, mm. Tesco's, who are clearly already retired, but the pension is just not enough to Isn't actually enough. physically live on. And I think that's, while they're talking about, you know, bolstering the pension pot for themselves, buying themselves more time, um, it's it's not actually doing. You also raised the you raised a good point earlier about how people are living longer and medicine's doing well. And you know, as you say, is is there potentially the the, the plan there because they need to get people working longer, paying in because there's not enough money to pay out the pensions that they need to. That's exactly exactly what it is. The pension pot it has run dry. People that are in let's say their twenties and thirties of this generation now are not paying into a personal pension pot, let's be honest. Like, mm. they're, like they're, they're not, that's not a priority to them. That generation is just like, oh, I'll worry about that when I'm old and crusty. Yeah. Whereas, you know, when I was in my early 20s getting a job, you know, my dad was like, come on, pension, pension, pension. You've got to start paying into it as early as possible to make it, you know, worthwhile. And, and I basically did it just because he told me to. But I don't think parents now are necessarily telling their kids to do that because they're probably not seeing their they're not seeing the pension themselves. They've like not had the benefit of using it and Correct. they're kind of like, well, why why should why should you? Yeah. And, and and it does sort of fly in the face of where's the bloody money going? You know, you're paying potentially in some cases hundreds of pounds a month. It's and thousands. Have, yeah. And so, well yeah. You have no idea where that's going. You're just trusting some fund manager somewhere. God knows, in some fund that's maybe going to be medium performing or high risk or low risk or whatever it is. And you're paying hefty fees on that. Yeah. And then and then you've just got to hope that when you retire, it's going to be enough. Yeah. I, and that when you when you break it down and spell it out like that, you're like, who would ever in their right mind invest in that scheme? 
the the credit crunch kind of 2008 when a lot of pension money did go missing is probably yeah. scared a lot of people into thinking well i may as well use it now because i might not actually have access with this money in the in the future or it might be worth a lot less than i've actually paid in so yeah i'm gonna just spend it now and, and we'll worry about you know the future down the line and also the whole cost of living crisis people are thinking mm. actually i can't afford to pay into a pension anymore yeah. i need to actually afford to pay my rainy food. days today yeah i pay 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 my food and keep my house warm now and when i'm old and crusty god knows if i'm even going to still be here yeah. right so they're just going to think put it off kick the ball down the road and and hope that there's going to be another plan another salvation later on mm. it's scary it really is scary i mean i, I can't see where this is going to uh, get better. There really does need to be a better system in place, but mm. there's not one coming anytime soon. And then we have the actual amount that you can pay into a pension is going to be increasing. So whilst they're saying work longer, um, you are going to be able to, at the moment, it's just over a million pounds you can have in a pension tax-free. That's going to be nearly doubling to 1.8 million they're talking about. Okay. So, and the amount that you can put in each year is going to increase from £40,000 up to £50,000. Mm, so let's talk about why they're doing that then. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, sure. well, as an investor, we, well, you should know that you wouldn't, you know, you don't just going to trust that to a fund manager, take control of that pension yourself, yep. Yep. do something that you know with that pension. Now that might be giving it to a, a kind of an IFA that you know, that you trust an, an independent financial advisor instead of just like a pension company. Um, or you can convert that into a SIP, which is a self-invested yeah. personal pension yeah. that you can choose what, what you do with that. And even if on a basic level, you kind of get that in a fund that's tracking the, like the S and P I'm not giving financial advice, but the S and P yeah. 500 has, you know, tracked very well um, been inflation beating for large periods of history. So at that point, you kind of know, well, if, if I'm putting it there, no one really needs to manage that. And it will just do the do the right thing and increase over time. If you put it into gold, gold yeah. has increased and, and precious metals have always have increased in value as well. You can do that with your pension instead of it just sort of being in a fund manager account who doesn't really has no relationship with that money. It means nothing to him. And he's just like, yeah, buy this or oh, sell that. Oh, I lost a bit of money there. Doesn't yeah. matter. It's not mine. Yeah. Um, so self-invested personal pensions are good, but what we really like are sasses. Yeah, sasses. Sasses, S S A S. So self, uh, small self-administered schemes. Mm, I always so get that wrong. You always get that. <laughs> I always get the S's around the wrong way, but it all comes right in the wash, right? And um, with a SAS, you can loan money to yourself. Yeah, love that. I've which is it. nice, which you can then use as a property investor. You can yep. use that. You have to, it has to be a commercial transaction. So you have to pay yourself an interest rate, but you're paying your own pension more money. Mm. So it's like paying yourself angel investment money, which is fine. We're, we're good with that. Yep. Um, and it can be, I think it's 5%. Roughly. 5%. Yeah. 5%. Yep. Um, and you can, so you can do a loan. And you can also use your pension to buy commercial property. So you can use it if it's got first charge, you can use that against a commercial property. You can actually do it on Resi now too. You can do it on Resi now. Resi now yeah. too. That came into play. It kind of sneaked in the back door that did. I was always advised, no, no, it's all, only commercial and commercial. But actually the, the key to the Resi thing is you can't have any lending on it. So your pension needs to buy it. Entirely, yeah, the first charge thing. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, you can you can do resi now too. 
So kind of 99% you know, percent mentality, people working jobs, people that kind of don't get this, leave it all to someone else. They'll probably never even hit that million pound mm. mark, let alone the, the new 1.8. But if you know what you're doing, if you've got a surplus of money coming in from property, you can be putting £50,000 of that a year in a pension, using that to, you know, in some areas, cash going cash by a resi property within yeah. your pension tax-free. So you're kind of like you can win on so many levels if you get this right. And if you've got the right advisors around you, if you've got the right knowledge, if you've got the right team supporting you. Yeah. I mean, my tax advisor is always like, right, we're going to put this amount of money into your pension. I'm always thinking, no, <laughs> I but hate we're going to use it to do X, Y, and Z. And, yeah. and again, this is another area where you're kind of like, oh, corporation tax is going up. Well, corporation tax might effectively go down because you yep. can, you're going to be putting more money into your pension. That's, I know that that's what my tax advisor is going to be mm. saying to me. I mean, I, sometimes I'm always like, is that a sledgehammer to crack a nut? But, you know, depending on what actually comes out in the wash and what's going to be imminently um, or immediately in place, well, I'll take I'll take Jane's advice and, and see mm. what she says. But she, yeah, I, I always hated the advice of, of put tons, tens of thousands of pounds into a pension and then you get 17% relief here and then you get this and then you get that. And blah, blah, blah. But I'm still thinking, is it a bloody pension? And I hate pensions. But, but if it's, again, if it's if it's doing something that you are in control of, it's just like right. diversifying your your okay, financial that's, investments. That's it. And I, you know, it is, it is a huge mindset shift that I've had to work on really hard mm. Um, because I feel like the pension is something that's locked away that I can't really get to. But in actual fact, with the SAS, there's so much flexibility with, do with it today. You can just you can put it in there and then loan it straight back to yourself. Loan so you're kind yourself. of just building your angel investment pot, your self angel investment pot. Exactly. But getting tax relief on it. So yeah, I, I quite strangely like things like that. I know it's a bit geeky and nerdy, but it's it's very clever what you can actually do and how you can be helping yourself build this portfolio. So whilst the government don't necessarily, you know, arms out signpost you to this is how you can make more money from all these changes. Um, they do kind of leave, you know, crumbs to, to lead you to what could be a good way to use all these tools that they give you yeah. in order to, to put more money in your pocket, but not everyone gets that. And I think, you know, the, the education side of things and having understanding about all this stuff is really, really important because it could be so easy for it to fly over your head and not realize and, and, and yeah. you're not then taking advantage of the, the tools that are available for you as an investor. Yeah. So, I mean, we've based tonight or this discussion mainly on little headliners that are being teased or drip fed to us through the media of what they suspect is going to come. But there's always lots of little things that happen yeah. in there as well. Uh, and the big one, I guess, for the capital gains tax, which was in the last budget, that which the last the budget, but that'll be coming into play as of eight, early April, will be the capital gains tax. Tax allowance, yeah. So that was really nice. Everyone got like a ten thousand three hundred, oh, I think it was ten thousand two hundred. It was twelve thousand three. Oh, twelve thousand, twelve thousand three hundred. Twelve three, twelve three. It went three. up. Yeah. Twelve thousand three hundred of capital gains tax allowance each year, and that was per person. So if you were in a couple, um, yeah. you know, Mum and I did a flip. Um, a couple of years ago and we got 100% of our profits there tax-free because it was all under um, personal name and, and it was just under £24,000 profit. So it's kind of like, fantastic. This is like free money. Um, yeah. But that's going to be dropping right down to like 5000 I think now. Yeah, so even it might not even be worth doing flips in your own name because if you're only making ten grand profit on a flip, you're kind of like, oh, why are you doing this? And 
capital gains tax is going to be up at 28 if you're a high rate taxpayer, 18 if you're a low rate. So it might be better doing it through a company. Again, this is where your tax advisors will be able to give you advice. But, you know, so taking with one hand, giving away with the other. That, it's an interesting one, isn't it? So they, they gave you a 12,300 capital gains tax allowance in your personal name. So they've dropped that and then knowing full well, everyone will go, well, so do you. I'm just going to do it in a, in a, in a company structure at 19%. Um, they're like, well, we're going to put that up to 25. Want that 25. Yeah. But I, look, they can't put corporation tax up immediately at 25. No. There's got to be a leeway of time in. And like you say, Labour will probably be in power by then and let's yeah. see what they'll do. <laughs> you know, oh, just... it, yeah, it will all, it will probably all change. But that's, and they talk about creating new like business hubs in the UK as well, which is again a good thing because it's about kind of kickstarting the economy, getting getting it going again, getting more people into the workforce, into labour. So I think they really are trying to kind of put more bums back on employed seats to get yes. the country kind of back to where it was. Yeah. Um, so you know that they're, they're trying the best. I, I mean. I don't know about you, James, but I've just heard so much over the last year, even two years, about how landlords feel like the government is absolutely mm. out to get them. Yeah. Um, very much, oh, you know, Clause 24, Section 24 that tax. A, that was a big one, that one. That was that was massive. I, I have to say I'm personally very surprised it's still around. Mm. I, thought I that really was thought it would... Because in Ireland, they were talking about getting rid of it in Ireland. I don't know whether they actually did or not. But I am really surprised it's still here. Um, Sherry Blair was going to, like, take them to court and do all sorts with it. Um, I, with that in in mind, everyone's just gone, well, sod it. I'll just do everything in limited company yeah. then. Um, it's hurt those that already had properties yeah. as opposed to those that are going out and actively buying today. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I've, fall, I've fallen for sure as a victim to that for having HMOs with big, big, mm. chunky mortgages on them and big, chunky profits on them. Um, I felt the pain on that. And it has made me think, God, everyone's selling up is, you know, it served its purpose. I've made my money, but I, I just can't get my head around the fact that it's still a cash flowing asset yeah. and that the tax can change. Exactly, it could change. The asset there is going up in value, and and the tax can change. Things change, and all it's going to take is, you know, a, a chancellor with shitloads of property in their own name to come in and go, I don't, I don't like this thing yeah. here. Let's... Or they're kind of yeah realizing that it, maybe it's not bringing in as much money as the government thought it was going to. And if somebody yeah. that actually sits down, looks at the balance sheet, and go, well, we could we could be bringing in as much money, penalizing people in a, in a, not penalizing but taxing people in a uh, in a different way to, to get the same result by removing this yeah i mean the fundamental is tax is a false economy the the higher the tax the less people you know are going to be hanging around to do it because the Trying world is work, far, yeah. you know the, the 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 world is so accessible to so many people now back in the day if you're in the UK, you're in the UK and that was it. And you maybe got on a boat to go to Australia once in a blue moon and never come back. But that was really unusual. Whereas now people are like, sod it, I'm going to go to the UAE and work tax free for 10 years. And then. Mm -hmm. just and again, another reason why we're struggling for labor over here, because there are every everyone else is uh, loads of other countries are making it more attractive to, to workers. We've got to get this country to a place where. They're lowering the tax, but then, of course, you've got all this debt that you have to pay. So 
they've got the conundrum right here. Yeah, it's not, I don't, I don't envy them because there's no, I, I don't feel there's an easy solution to the problem that they're facing. Yeah. And, and as, as we, we always say on when we're running trainings or anything, it's like, it doesn't matter what color the party is. They're all facing the same challenge that they can't really actually do anything with. And, you know, the, we support, they don't know what they're doing because, you know, I wouldn't know what I was doing if I was in their shoes either, because it is almost like a, it's an impossible logic problem. It's, it's really funny when you see headlines about slagging off politicians that are multimillionaires or multi-billionaires. Uh, it's like, you know, what, what do they possibly know, to, uh, you know, the, about the, the the person on the on the ground? And you're like, they're a multi-billionaire because they probably did something really flipping sensible mm. and and really good in business. Well, they've worked hard. They've created a side what? hustle. You know, how many how many politicians kind of do after dinner speeches and things like that? And they kind of work, work, work because yeah. using the, the the position that they've engineered for themselves. They've probably you know walked however many uh, you know knocked on however many doors in their you know in the younger years to kind of get themselves into that position. And they're like, I'm just going to milk it while I can. I'm going I'm going to earn as much money whilst I can because I know that being a politician isn't a forever career I'll be voted out at some point in time and I need to do something now while I can I'd love you know an Alan Sugar or someone like that to just come in and go right I'm gonna run this country like it was my business well he was wasn't he he was on the he was on the he was on the Tory board uh back in 2010 I think was he yeah he was Alan Sugar was part of the cabinet Okay, that's news to me. I must have uh, slept through that. I don't know. <laughs> I'm oh. sure he was, because again, this week there was they were digging up tweets of him saying the whole Gary Lineker thing. Um, oh. They were tweets of him saying, you know, vote, vote, um, vote Tory, vote Tory. Labour don't know what they're doing. Labour because he was on the, you know, he was on the um, on the cabinet for the Tory so the, for the coalition government. Oh my god! Do you know what I do? And actually, even, he, even he didn't fix it, so there we go. It just goes to show that. Yeah, but he probably wasn't in a position of being able to actually do anything. Yeah, he was like business secretary or something like that. I mean, look, Jeremy Hunt was health secretary and pissed off all the doctors, wasn't he? On point. Yeah, and they're they're all striking. To, they're all striking. You know. Yeah. Now. So he annoyed all the doctors in that job. So he's coming into Chancellor here, and he's going to annoy, annoy all everyone. <laughs> so yeah, brilliant. Give us someone that actually knows business and economy and anyway there we are so that's been a thoroughly dull topic james it but we had, we had to talk about it didn't we yeah and obviously if there are any any big surprises there please remember that this was filmed the day before the budget yeah um, <laughs> we'll do anything with that let's get rid of yeah, that actually they might do like what is the point of that Just that, that of a lot of businesses are saying that is a real hindrance because 20 percent of literally anything that you spend in our shops just goes straight in the government's pocket yeah but so, a lot of the time you can claim it back and it's just like it's just equally seems there, like are there are a lot of businesses that they that can't claim it well they can't um, they can't claim it back because they don't there isn't that to pay like a lot of food like cafes and things like that there's not there's no VAT on raw produce, but there is on cooked produce. They're kind of going, restaurants are like, we don't pay any VAT when we purchase things. Then we have to pay VAT. We have to charge VAT and, and give VAT to the government it's, when we sell our wares. It's just bonkers. Bonkers. Mm. The whole thing is, oh, anyway, anyway, anyway. It's uh, an interesting time and we don't like change, mm. but we want change. <laughs> it's like, we don't like this. 
let's let's just change it. But then when they change, we'll change it, it, but we don't really think we're going to like what it's going to change into. Yes, exactly. We don't like how you've changed that. Just change that better. Um, so it's uh, interesting times for sure, for sure. We'll, yeah. And look, is it going to stop us doing what we're doing, James? No. Uh, again, ultimately, at the end of the day, it's just going to be it's going to tweak the way in which we do things. Yeah. And there will there will be some minor changes to the structure of of, of our businesses but yep. there's no wholesale changes at all there's there, there will be no budget that ever comes in that says you must stop property investing because there'll yeah. be lots of homeless people if that happens yeah i mean I, I i have a phrase that i use a lot which is you have to take your medicine mm-hmm. you know it might be a bit bitter sometimes it might taste horrible but take that medicine and actually it will be okay in the end and if it's not okay it's not the end yeah. My favorite little saying. <laughs> just keep going. Yeah. Just keep going. Um, and there will be some painful things mm-hmm. along the way, like section 24 of my HMOs in my personal name. But again, I've got a plan. I've got a pot, you know, I've got a little uh advice that I can follow with that. And look, if if there isn't a solution, then you can always negate it by just making more money in somewhere else. That I was gonna say, yeah, just buying buying more HMOs in your own name. Exactly. Um, so yeah lots cool. of uh, things to, to come but thanks very much again for your time uh, yeah it's lovely to chat to you as well we've got we've got interviews coming up in in the yeah. upcoming weeks as well so we've been busy interviewing people. our students and things like that so lots less of, of myself and caroline more of our more special guests going to be coming your way as well yeah really ex- like really experienced guys coming up that have lots of lessons that they've learned and I think that's a great way for our listeners to 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 learn mm-hmm. is to hear how other people have uh, gone into it and done it and and really made a success of it and yes go through and let's hear about their medicine and how better yeah. that everyone's is. everyone's had it everyone's taken the medicine yeah. we still need to do the episode where we just whinge and complain about all the, yes. all the naff stuff <laughs> well I'd love to hear from our listeners either uh, message us on our community facebook page yeah. so property well system community facebook group and uh, we're we're toying with the idea of doing one episode where we talk about all the things we hate about being a property investor if you want to hear that raw bitter twisted, <laughs> angry long <laughs> episode it might be a three dayer uh then just put some comments or messages yeah. on that facebook uh, community um, we'll we'll hold it at bay. We'll try and keep it as positive as possible. But we want this content to be real. we want it to be raw and real for people to know exactly what um, is going on. But interestingly, when we talk about all the crappy bits, the amount of co- comments and contact we get from people going, "I've had that. It was yeah. really shit, and you made me feel better." Someone, because, someone else. I'm yeah, not the only person feeling that way or way. having that ha- that happen to. Yeah. So if you feel like you need a bit of reassurance and you want to hear how crap it is, just let us know. <laughs> but other than that, we wouldn't change it for the world, James. No. Would we? no. Just we yeah, keep keep calm and carry on is, is the message as always. Yeah, of course. Brilliant. See you next time, James. See you, see you next time. Lovely chat, Caroline. Bye for now. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of This Property Life with myself and Caroline discussing all the trials and tribulations of the things that we've been recently doing. Please tune in again next week for another episode from the Property World System and This Property Life team.